Ezekiel chapter 44, beginning with the 15th verse. This is what the word of the Lord says. But the priests, the Levites, the son of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to me to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. They shall enter into my sanctuary, they shall come near to my table to minister unto me, and they shall keep my charge. And it shall come to pass that when they enter in at the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments, and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister in the gates of the inner court and within. They shall have linen bonnets upon their heads, linen breeches upon their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. And when they go forth into the utter court, even into the utter court to the people, they shall put off their garments wherein they ministered, lay them in the holy chambers, and they shall put on other garments, and they shall not sanctify the people with their garments. Verse 23 and 24. And they shall teach my people the difference, the difference between the holy and profane. And they shall cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment and they shall judge it according to my judgments. And they shall keep my laws and my statutes and all mine assemblies and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. And I want to speak to you today specifically about these priests that the prophet Ezekiel by inspiration of God references and they are particularly the sons of Zadok and I, I want to preach to you on the subject the power of a righteous legacy the power of a righteous legacy could we lift up our hands unto the Lord ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word and thank him for his presence God we worship you and we give you praise today we thank you for your presence that has filled this house I ask, O oh Lord, that you would minister and move in our midst. Lord, we thank you for every child that was dedicated today. We thank you for every family who prayed the prayer of faith over their children. And God, we ask in Jesus' name that it shall be so and that it shall be done according to your word and according to the agreement of faith. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Well, I'm so glad to be home, everybody. God bless you. I thank God to be back in Cincinnati, Tree of Life Church. We felt your prayer covering. I have so much to share with you over the next few weeks. Y'all just need to get ready. You're going to hear about the good blessings of the Lord. We had so many wonderful uh, miracles to take place while we were gone uh, to Africa. And uh, we thank you again for your prayers in that great endeavor. And we, and we give God praise for the wonderful things that he did while we were there. And not just while we were there, but while y'all were here, we're thanking God for all the many blessings that happened right here at Tree of Life Church over this last month. Amen. Today I want to talk to you uh, about this, this matter of a righteous legacy and the power pertaining to it. And, and I want to focus our attention on this man, Zadok, the high priest. Uh, I think sometimes uh, in our walk with God, we can be uh, somewhat short-sighted. That, that many times is what our great challenge is. We, we lose, sometimes we lose sight of the big picture. 
and we get kind of trapped in the temporary and we get caught up in short-term thinking and we fail to realize that little decisions have long-lasting and long-term impact. And this is really the case for righteous living. Righteous living allows uh, the, the blessing of the Lord to multiply freely in our lives and, and beyond. And so I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because this man Zadok uh, is one of the very significant uh, individuals in the Holy Scriptures and yet uh, I, I would be surprised if, if a lot of us have done a lot of research on his life and, and maybe there are those here that have. Uh, but that may be a name that does not resonate uh, to the same degree that maybe Jonah and the whale or David and Goliath or Daniel and the lion's den and Moses and so on. There are the, there are the big names of the Bible, if you please. And then, and then there's this guy named Zadok who was so significant and so important to all that took place in the word of God. Uh, but he just, we just don't talk a lot about him. And I want to talk a little bit about him today because he really typifies the message that I would, by the help of God, uh, try to bring to you uh, today. And so uh, this man, Zadok, uh, is, is his really, his work was done at the time of King David's reign. And uh, King David, uh, when I tell you stories about him, uh, you might expect me to tell you a little bit about when he brought down a giant with a stone and, a, and then a sword. Or you might expect me to talk about when a lion and a bear, respectively, broke in on the flock and tried to destroy them. And valiantly, David protected the flock and destroyed both the lion and the bear. And, and these are all great stories of David, and I could go on. There are many victories about his life that are worth discussing, sharing, preaching about, and applying the principles to our lives. But not all of the stories surrounding David were of victorious moments. And in fact, a lot of the story of David was filled with hardship and great challenge and moments where he didn't know if he was going to make it out alive. And in fact, he is known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. And this sweet psalmist of Israel is responsible for the vast majority of the psalms in the word of God. And yet we look at the book of Psalms and when I say psalms, I would imagine that it, it uh, maybe brings forth an idea of praise. That's what we think of uh, many times when we think of the book of Psalms. But I would, I, would, I would let you know too that there are a lot of lamentations in those psalms. Uh, just as there are praises, there are lamentations. And in fact, many of the great psalms that are filled with praise have tucked in and around those praises lamentations. Sometimes the psalm will open with a praise or sometimes it opens with a complaint. And, and the complaint can last for several verses until it finally kind of gets out of David's system and then a praise kind of caps it off and he, he comes back to his acknowledgement of, of God's work in his life and so forth. But, but, but in all of this lamentation and complaint maybe that was taking place in David's life, the Lord still called him a man after his own heart. 
And so you may be in a position today where, where you feel like your life is in a lamentable state or there are circumstances that, that justify complaint. And, and I will tell you that, that God is more concerned about our complaint when we do it to one another. He's less concerned about our complaint when we bring it to him. Because if we will bring it to him, he, he is able to help us through it and, and then give us peace in the midst of our storm. And so this is true of, of the Lord and, and, and the life of King David. But one of the lowest points in King David's life, uh, what I would say would, would, would be in relationship to his uh, son Absalom. Uh, Absalom uh, harbored feelings against David. He had a, a severe disagreement with the way David handled a very traumatic family issue that impacted their whole uh, life. And, and Absalom uh, had a complaint about it, let it fester. And, and uh, the Bible says that ultimately there came a day when Absalom would stand in the gate and meet with the people and he would say to the people, um, that, uh, that David, David didn't have time for them, but that he did. He, no man was deputed by the king. And, and he said, oh, that I were a judge in Israel, uh, I would be able to make some uh, headway and help some of you people out. And the Bible says that he stole the hearts of the people. Now that's interesting language because that's, it's one thing for people to give you their hearts. It's another thing for you to steal their hearts. And, and the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So Absalom is operating like a thief. And instead of, instead of receiving the hearts of the people with integrity, he's received them through theft. And that's never going to end well for him, for them, or for anybody. And this is what David was facing. Absalom was on the prowl. And Absalom was actually trying, ultimately he wanted to kill King David. And King David was in exile. He had to leave. It was, a, it was a terrible thing, but he never had any ill will in his heart toward his son, Absalom. And so he, he was in the middle of this very difficult set of circumstances. But there was a guy by the name of Zadok who was a high priest. He was, he was a priest along with another man by the name of Abiathar. And Abiathar and Zadok both were priests and both were loyal to David. And they operated almost as a covert operation amongst and with Absalom to let David know what Absalom was up to. And it was a, it was a, it was a, a harrowing thing to do because Absalom had kind of had blood in his teeth, if you please. He had, he had some, uh, had some uh, malice in his heart toward David. And if Zadok and Abiathar had been found out, they would have been, they would have been politically uh, uh, murdered. It was, it was a very harrowing thing for them to do, but they did it. And they did it in a season of David's life when it didn't look like David was going to survive it. I don't know if any of us fully appreciate just how perilously close David came to losing the blessing of God in his life uh, by the treachery of Absalom. But it was through Zadok, the priest, and Abiathar, the priest, that, that kept King David's reign alive and restored the kingdom of Israel to, to David, the anointed man after God's own heart. Now, fast forward to David's death when David is dying. And now by necessity, there will be a king that replaces David. And now David has placed his hand upon the next king. And that next king is going to be Solomon. 
And, and yet, because David has declined in health, he's not able to, to really usher that in and really help that along. And so there was a lot of posturing and politicizing of the circumstances. And there was another son of King David by the name of Adonijah. And Adonijah was determined to take the kingship from Solomon was not going to allow Solomon to become king. He was going to, he was going to uh, pull a fast one, if you please. And, and uh, Bathsheba came before King David and said, if you want Solomon to be the king, you're going to have to act now because Adonijah is on the move. Adonijah was in the process of being named king by various ones. Joab, for instance, and not just Joab, also Abiathar. Abiathar, who was so loyal to David during the years of Absalom, has now turned on David in this process of Adonijah. And he is, he is ushering a king in despite the wishes of King David and despite the anointing of the Lord upon Solomon. But there was a man, his name was Zadok. Zadok and the prophet Nathan and Benaiah, both, all three came together to help Solomon into position to be named the next king of Israel. And so here we have this man by the name of Zadok who absolutely is responsible for King David remaining as king and is responsible for King Solomon to follow King David. The two kings that laid the foundation for the kingdom of Israel and we have Zadok the high priest to thank for their reign as the righteous kings of Israel. That's pretty amazing. I know David gets all the press. I know Solomon gets all the press. Solomon was the wisest man besides Jesus ever to walk the face of the earth. David was a man after God's own heart. But neither one of them would have been able to do what God called them to do if it hadn't been for the righteousness of a man named Zadok. And his name means righteous. The name Zadok means righteous. He was a righteous man. And it was because of his righteous deeds that Israel remained in safe hands. And Absalom, who was greatly compromised by his bitterness, he did not become the king. And Adonijah, who was greatly compromised by his political ambition, also did not become the king. And it was all because of this man by the name of Zadok, the high priest. And I want you to understand that in the days of Absalom, that was a heroic thing for him to do. And in the days of Adonijah, if that had gone differently, if his effort to anoint Solomon would not have succeeded, then Adonijah would have become king. And guess who would have been on the chopping block first? It would have been Zadok, the high priest. And so this man, Zadok, a man of righteous deeds, a man of righteousness in an unrighteous generation. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that there is never a time that you and I should not do the right thing. We should always have in our priority and as our chiefest desire to do what is right in the sight of God. And you're going to have to be focused because we're living in a day where people call evil good and they call good evil. 
We're living in a day where people call foolishness wisdom and wisdom foolishness. We're living in a day where people absolutely do not have any kind of reverence for the things of God. And, and you're going to have to make up in your mind, are you going to do what is right in the evil day? Or are you going to go with the way of the wind and the way of the crowd and do what is popular and do what is convenient? I pray that the Holy Ghost so gets a hold of you that you will make up in your mind that I'm going to stand for what is right regardless of what comes against me, regardless of what comes my way. This isn't the time to backslide. This isn't the time to turn your back on the things of God. This is the time to plant your feet directly into the word of God and say, I'm going to be a righteous man for my family. I'm going to be a righteous mother in Zion. I'm going to be a virtuous woman. I'm going to be a man, a mighty man of valor. Your family needs you to be a righteous man. Your family needs you to be a righteous woman. They are, I feel a Holy Ghost anointing coming upon me right now. Give your family the gift of a righteous man and woman who are willing to pray the power of God down into their circumstances. When we read this passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 44, Ezekiel is describing the sons of Zadok the high priest. Now you've heard me tell you about Zadok the high priest. When it wasn't popular to be holy, he was holy. When it wasn't popular to be prayerful, he was prayerful. When it wasn't popular to stand up for what is right, he was standing up for what is right. When you could get canceled for living for God, he was living for God. Hallelujah. When you could lose your job, when you could be sent to the chopping block, when you could be sent to the gallows, Zadok didn't let that affect him. He said, what's right is right. And if friends turn against me, I'm going to stand for what is right. In the days of Adonijah, Abiathar turned against even Zadok, Abiathar was a mentor in his life. And Abiathar was a fellow priest. This was a man who shared his convictions in the days of Absalom. But now it's a new day and a, and a new set of challenges have arisen. And some of you understand what it feels like for family to turn their back on you because you're living for the Lord. I know of people who came to God and their family gave them an ultimatum. It's either God or us. Wives saying to their husbands like Job's wife of old, curse God and die. You either serve God or you stay married to me. And, and he said, don't make me choose this, this decision. Don't One of the most faithful men in our church growing up, he was given that kind of an ultimatum. If you go to begin serving God, I'm leaving you and, and I'm not going to let you have access to the kids. And he had to make a decision. Am I going to serve the Lord or am I going to lose all that I have? And I'm going to tell you something. He chose to serve the Lord. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let you know, ladies and gentlemen, that God blessed his life abundantly and bountifully and restored his relationship with his children. Because when you choose what is right, you're on the side of God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Always choose to do what is right. Never choose to do the wrong thing in the face of convenience. 
And Ezekiel comes along and Ezekiel is about halfway through the Hebrew captivity. They're all in exile. They're all displaced. They're all scattered. They've been taken captive by heathen kings. Their, their history and their heritage has been laid waste. All that they have is gone and they, they, they are nothing like they were. And, and they don't even, their identity is beginning to suffer as a people. And the prophet Ezekiel lays down by the river Shabar and looks up into the heavens and the heavens open and he sees visions of God. He sees a wheel in the middle of a wheel and, and he sees all the visions that the Lord gives him and one of the visions that God gave him was the new temple that was going to be built and he let Ezekiel know this is going to be the new temple and I'm bringing my people back to Jerusalem and they're coming up out of this captivity and this exile is going to be over. Oh, I feel to tell somebody in exile today that it's not going to last always. You may feel like you're suspended and in a state of constant disappointment but that will not last always. You stay righteous. You stay prayerful. You stay faithful and focused on the things of God. It will not last always. And Ezekiel let Israel know, hey, we're coming up out of this exile. He was about 40 years from the time of this vision. He was about 40 years from it actually happening. But he was prophesying nonetheless. Hallelujah. Should the Lord tarry, I'm declaring things today that may not come to pass for another 40 years. And they might come to pass by the end of this week. But if the Lord says it, it shall be so. And you can plant your feet upon the promises of God. He said, we're coming back to Jerusalem and we're building the temple of the Lord and there's going to be a revival. Don't lose heart and don't backslide and don't turn your back on the things of God. Stay faithful. Stay focused. Don't let the hurt, don't let the bondage, don't let the bitterness of this moment detract you and distract you from the things of God. Because this is what he said. He said, when we come back into that temple, he said the priests are going to take up their responsibilities again. But he said, I'm going to tell you who it won't be. He said, it won't be just any of the sons of Levi. It will not be. It what used to be that all the sons of Levi could participate. But he said, it's not going to happen to where all the sons of Eli, Levi will be a part of this priesthood. In fact, there was a prophecy in the days of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas that because of Hophni and Phinehas' wickedness in the things of God, they made a mockery of the things of God. They desecrated the temple of the Lord. They were lascivious and lewd and wicked men and they made a mockery of the things of God and they were to be the next priests in line following Eli. But the Lord stood up and said through the prophecy of the prophet of God to Eli that this line is going to be changed and God's going to raise up another priest and that new priest is going to set the righteousness of God in place again. Now we know ultimately that's concerning Messiah Jesus the Christ. But in type and shadow form the representative God chose was this man Zadok the priest it was going to the priestly lineage was going to shift still a son of Levi but now through the Eleazar line it was going to shift into the direction of Zadok and Zadok was going to be entrusted with the responsibility of causing righteousness to rule and to reign in the land of Israel and Ezekiel now years after Zadok is dead and gone 
Ezekiel said, when we come back into this new temple, it's not just going to be any old son of Levi who participates in the responsibilities. You want to know why? Because when Israel was backsliding, they were backslidden with them. You want to know why? Because when the people said, we want to worship Molech, those sons of Levi were letting them worship Molech. When the children of Israel were saying, we'd rather worship Baal than Jehovah, those sons of Levi were saying, well, I guess it's a new day. It's a new hour. We might as well just go with the flow because nobody really even listens to those old prophets anymore. But there was a priest named Zadok and he put it into his sons that the Lord, our God is one Lord. And it doesn't matter what society does. You better hold fast to this precious word of God. And I'm going to tell you something. It is the most foolish thing you will ever do to part from this holy book. This isn't just an ancient piece of literature. This is the inspired word of the creator of all that ever was. And he put it in your hands. And let me tell you something about this holy word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not pass away. The grass is going to wither and the flower is going to fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in the heavens. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, O God. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's this holy word. Ah, you're going to lose out if you've part with this book. I feel the Holy Ghost today. I pray God will so put the love of his word in your heart. I pray that God will so put his, the love of his word. Listen, there are prophecies all throughout this Bible that have already come to pass and prophecies that are coming to pass while we sit here in 2023. And, 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 and yet, if, another, if not another prophecy comes to pass, my confidence is still anchored in this book. If, if not for the prophecies, even the principles of this book, just following what it says to do, and it will cause you to step into the glory and the power and the grace and the goodness of Almighty God. You hear what I'm telling you? You've got to be like Zadok. Stand when others are bowing. Hallelujah. We will not bow, Brother Zach. Stand when others are bowing. Stand the test of time. Hallelujah. Stand when the culture is trying to tell you that you need to turn your back on the things of God. Pray when nobody's praying. Worship when nobody's worshiping. Be holy before God. You might be mocked and criticized now, but now we'll be gone before you know it. And eternity will be forever. And, and so Zadok, his sons, Ezekiel said, it's not just going to be any old sons of Levi. He said, the ones that are going to participate in this temple worship are going to be the sons of Zadok. You want to know why? Because when everybody was backsliding, they stood strong. And they said, we're going to keep the charge of the sanctuary. 
Molech was being worshipped on the outside. Ashtaroth was being worshipped on the outside. All the different versions and variations of Baal were being worshipped in other parts of Israel. But Zadok said, you're not touching the sanctuary of the Most High God. This is a holy place. This is a sacred place. And we're going to worship God with all of our hearts. And when it came time to enter into the new temple, the Lord said, I want the sons of Zadok. Those sons of Zadok had put in their hearts by their father Zadok who did the same thing in the days of Absalom and Adonijah. He put it in the heart of his sons to stand strong when others were falling and it paid off. Ah, God help us to be a people who establish a legacy of righteousness because I'm gonna tell you the evil days are drawing nigh. And, and, and things are already unwieldy. Have you, have you been living in the same world I'm living in? I know, I, know, I know you're not going to say I'm participating in hyperbole. I know you're not saying that. I know you're not saying I'm exaggerating when I tell you that this world has become a wicked place. I just know you're not thinking that I'm exaggerating. If you're living in the same world I'm living in, you know these are unsettling times and these are uncertain times and it's going to require somebody to stand in the strength of God and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and you will never regret that, ladies and gentlemen. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. For do that which is right in the sight of God. It's time to come to the house of God and praise his name. It's time to lift up his holy name. It's time to worship him in the beauty of holiness. I pray that there are sons of Zadok in this house. Because the temple of the Lord is being established. The kingdom of God is being established in the earth. There's a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And we are new creatures and we speak with new tongues. It's all made new and old things are going to be passed away. And I don't want to be in the crowd that forsook it when it was convenient. I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. I want to be among the sons of Zadok who have established a righteous legacy. You know what could be said of their children? They could be said of their children that they were allowed into the inner court. Whew. He said the sons of Zadok get to come into the inner court. The other sons of Levi, you stay out there. Now you can help with stuff that goes on out there. But, and, I, and God was merciful in doing that. He said, I'll let you do a little bit out there and a little bit over there, but you're not coming into the inner court. The inner court is reserved for the sons of Zadok, the faithful high priest, that man of righteousness. And we want it to be so that our children are at home in the holy place. We want it to be so that our children know how to, how to live in the inner court of God's presence. Let me tell you quickly what went on in the inner court of God's presence. In the inner court, that's where the showbread was. I said, that's where the showbread was. And here's what the showbread represented. It represented the Holy Bible. It represented the word of life. That's what the showbread represented. The sons of Zadok were welcomed into the inner court so they could eat of the showbread. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it was so covered by, by the, all of the 
uh, tapestries that covered the inner court that they needed the light of the golden candlesticks to show the showbread to the priest. So when the priests, the sons of Zadok would walk in to the inner court, they could have the showbread, but they needed the light of the candlestick to illuminate the showbread. I don't want our children knowing more about sports stats than they do the book of Psalms. I don't want our children knowing more about some kind of an ungodly educational curriculum than they do the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't want our children to grow up and not understand how to navigate the inner court of God's presence. I want you to be at home in the holy place. This is his presence of your heavenly father. I want you to know your way around the books of poetry and the books of history and the books of the kings and chronicles. And I want you to know about the major prophets and the minor prophets and the Pauline epistles and the general epistles. And yes, the book of Revelation and the books of the law. I want you to be able to rightly divide the word of truth so you can put a holy bread from heaven into the mouth of your family and let them live when other things are dying. Let them live when other things are falling to the side. Come on, expose them to the inner court. Uh, can, I just, can I just get in the weeds just a little bit? Turn Netflix off and take them into the inner court. Get the smartphone out of their hand and get them into the inner court. Bring them into the house of God. Bring them into the presence of the Lord. Let them know what the bread looks like. Let that candlestick shine the light of truth upon the holy bread, the holy word of God. So many people can read this Bible and, and they can be confused because their eyes are darkened and blind. But, but when the Holy Ghost reveals this word to you, it is precious. Some of the most complicated texts are some of the most precious texts when you rightly divide them. You hear what I'm telling you right now? There is no contradiction in this Holy Bible. If it looks like it's a contradiction, keep studying, keep praying, and keep asking questions of the right sources. Don't just Google stuff. You used to, we used to pray before Google came along. We used to seek counsel of godly people before Google came along. It's time you get your face down before God and say, Lord, teach me how to pray and teach me your statutes and show me the way of life and let me walk in the ways of righteousness. And it's, 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 it's in the inner court that you're going to get that bread and that light is going to illuminate the bread. It's in the inner court. Yes, it's in the inner court that you're going to offer that incense unto God. It's reflective of that praise. Hallelujah. Tree of Life Church, one of my most favorite things about you, and there are so many of them. I have to sing a song sometimes because these are a few of my favorite things. And just talk about all the great things God uses you to do. One of, one of the most beautiful things you do is your worship and praise to the Lord. He told us, he told us what that was like. And all you wonderful people of God that are lighting candles in your homes and you got apple cinnamon and pumpkin spice and gingerbread and whatever else flavor they've got. And it's, and it's, and it's, why do you do that? Because you want a sweet incense in your house. The Lord said, that's what praise is to him. It makes him feel at home. He gets all cozy and warm. 
he props his feet up. He lays back in your recliner. He, he, how would you like it if Jesus just walked into your home? Well, let me tell you what brings him in. He inhabits the praises of Israel. When you praise his name. Something happens when I call his name. Something happens when I praise his name. Hallelujah. That's why we tell you, no matter what you're going through, praise him. Regardless of what you're facing, praise him. Praise him in the good times. Praise him in the bad times. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noonday. Praise him when the sun goes down. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him upon the loud sounding cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Praise him on the organ. Praise him with the timbrel. Praise him in the dance. In fact, I can't even list it all. I'll just say it this way. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord praise ye the Lord I love it that my girls praise his name I love it that my son-in-law praises his name I love it that my grandbabies are going to grow up praising his name I'm thankful when I see that I'm thankful for every moment that I could have done something wrong that God laid it upon my heart to do something right in his sight you choose unrighteousness you're complicating the future you're compromising the future you think it feels good in the moment it's so short-sighted Zadok I know I know the polls show it everybody wants Absalom David is old news I know what the polls are showing stand with David I know, I know. David said Solomon. And, and, and I know they want Adonijah. I get it. People, are, people, people want Adonijah. And, and he's on the move and he's on the march. Choose David. Choose Solomon. Choose praise. Choose wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Come on, have integrity. Choose righteousness. Choose righteousness. Choose righteousness. Choose to love your family. Choose to be faithful. Choose to be have integrity in your, in your finances. Choose it. Choose what is right. Do that which is right in the sight of God. And the sons of Zadok will begin to know their way around the inner court. Hey, stand with me. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Hey, listen. Even if your children fall, when you choose a righteous legacy, they will still know where to get that bread. The story is not over for your children. The story is not over for your children. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that a little that a righteous man hath is better than the many riches of the wicked. 
The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Bible says that the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. But as I was preparing to preach today, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to talk to those who don't feel very righteous. And the scripture that he gave me was from Proverbs 24 and verse 16, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to make people feel guilty for making mistakes by telling you, you have to have righteousness as a legacy. The Lord moved very specifically upon my heart to tell somebody today, regardless of how many times you have fallen, you can establish a righteous legacy today. I need somebody to receive the word of the Lord. Lift up your hands and your voices and receive the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I want somebody on this baby dedication Sunday. I want somebody who wants to establish a righteous legacy. I'm opening these altars right now. You want a righteous legacy for your marriage. You want a righteous legacy for your own personal walk with God. You want a righteous legacy for your children. You want a righteous legacy for this church. Thank you for caring about the legacy of this church. You make up this church. You are the composition as the people of God. And I'm thankful that when you walk out of beyond these walls that you have a knowledge that you are the body of Christ. And everywhere you go, you're establishing people's impression of who God is. Thank you for understanding that and choosing righteousness. Choose righteousness. Choose you this day and choose righteousness. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. God bless you, thank you for coming. Come on, thank you for coming. Hallelujah. 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 This past year, Sister Heidi and I celebrated 25 years of marriage. And we look out sometimes over our life and our children and our grandchildren and the blessing of the Lord. And we just begin to weep thanking God for his goodness, for his blessings. Because righteousness has a way of extending beyond your life and into future generations. I am here today. I am here today because of righteous people. I, I don't know where this came from, Brother Brian Duvall, but I have, a, I have a desire in my heart to serve the Lord. And I've had it since I was a child. 
I have always wanted to serve the Lord. And that didn't feel foreign to me until I realized that it was. And I thought, how is that possible? Because I didn't do it. I did not, I didn't put that in me. But I've always wanted to serve him. And I realized, oh, it was righteous people. It was, all I am is a product of people who were righteous before God. When we sit down at our Thanksgiving meal this week, our family will do what our great-grandfather did 70 years, 80 years ago. They'll sing a song, they rewrote the words, and it just says, thank you, Lord, for being so sweet. Thank you, Lord, for the good things to eat. Thank you, Lord, for the children that sing. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you, Lord, for being so sweet. Thank you, Lord, for the good things to eat. Thank you, Lord, for the children that sing. Thank you, Lord, for everything. And this is the way we sang it earlier. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so full and free oh thank you lord come on lift your hands and say it to the lord thank you lord for making me whole thank you lord for giving to me Thy great salvation so full and once again let's do it all oh, thank you Lord for saving my soul thank you Lord for making me whole thank you Lord for giving to me thy great salvation so full and Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord right now. Come on, all across this house, lift up your hands unto the Lord and give Him praise. Come on and give Him praise. Come on and give Him praise. We're going to establish a righteous legacy right now in the name of Jesus. I want some folks that maybe you thought it was too late for you. Maybe you thought it was too late for you. I want you to be the very first one to lift up your hands and say, God, forgive me for anything that I've done. Forgive me for every sin I've committed. And help me to get my feet upon the right path in Jesus' name. And let me walk with you, Jesus. Let me walk with you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Let it happen right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For making, making me whole. 
Shout Jesus Christ